Welcome to Lead for Clarity, where we help you, your team, and your organization get to their next level of leadership and life. My name is Shondell Sutherland, and I'm here with my co-host, Melanie Montgomery, and we have Alan Anderson in the house, one of our wonderful uh partners in this crime of taking people to the next level. So Alan, it's so great to have you here. Wonderful to be back and surprised I'm back. Yay. We have all of our alliteration, <laughs> Alan Anderson, Melanie Montgomery, Shondell Sutherland. We got it going on here. So today we want to jump right into uh, why organization, why they need leadership coaching and leadership development and the ability to multiply their leaders up and down the organization. And uh, the two of you are taking it by storm by doing our lead labs, our leadership labs. And I just wanted to kind of tell everyone why they are necessary, what we do, and if they're interested, how they can um, participate in it. So why don't we start with you, Alan? Why leadership development? Why multiply leaders? Why lead labs? I think you nailed it, Shondell. And if we go back to the origin of Shondell Group, the whole point has been multiplication. And if we look at business in this current context, in this current day and age, the executive is no longer, at least in our experience, no longer is the executive looked at as a winner using air quotes here, if they can simply show up on time, they have executive presence, they're meeting deadlines, they're making projects come to fruition. The real litmus test for success is how do you get the people who report to you? Uh, how, how do you get the people who are your colleagues? Maybe they're your peers. How do you help them be a better leader and actually produce more and meet deadlines and have executive presence and so on and so forth. So <clears throat> the senior leader is no longer, it's just about them. It's actually how do they get others to produce more than they thought they could produce and in the process feel valued and cared for. And that's really what we aim to do within the majority of our leadership labs is helping leaders accelerate that process of being able to be what we would call a leader making leader. Yeah. And Melanie, I know you've got a couple of these going on. I love your philosophy of the leader goes first. How would you kind of explain that to our listeners? This leadership program is really twofold. The first part is really figuring out how do we become the best version of ourselves? Because leadership development is not, I'm going to find a bunch of skills that are going to make people think that I care about them and make people think that I'm smart and all of those things. It's really I'm going to make myself a version of myself that people will respect. They will want to follow. I was taught pretty early on in my career that the difference between a boss and a leader is that people follow a boss because they have to and people follow a leader because they want to. And so what we're doing is we're becoming the best version of ourselves so people want to follow us. And once we're in that process and we don't have to be there yet, we can just be working mm -hmm. on that. Then we start to figure out how do we use these tools to help the rest of our team elevate themselves and how do we help them in that growth? And like Alan said, that can be our colleagues, that can be our leaders, that can be our team or entire organization. How do we now really instill those values and in, in that being just a good person, developing our communication, developing our emotional intelligence and all of that so that our entire organization now um, is on that same track of this leadership development being the best that they can be. So good. I was um, 
at a client in Reno the other day, and you're taking a bunch of their leaders, uh, mid-level leaders through a leadership lab. And I was with the executive team and, and we were kind of all together and they were going, it was so fun for me because the way they were explaining what they were getting out of their leadership lab, the executives were taking notes. And I just loved that because uh, they are just being so articulate with what they're learning that everyone in the room was learning in their debrief. And I just think that's really cool. Really cool. So Alan, I think you have a really interesting client right now um, where you are working with three levels in the organization. We don't always get to do that. Uh, and this is just such a special company. Can you just share with us uh, what they're learning and what you're learning and how the experience is going, having three groups going at one time? It's it's certainly interesting because the dynamic of having the old military mindset of I'm going to tell you what I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you and then tell you again, <clears throat> there's certainly value to that. However, more than just words, when you have three levels of leadership, so executive leadership, mid-level leaders, and then entry-level leaders, and to be very clear, it, we work to use that terminology in this process, we we already believe that you don't manage people. You certainly manage finances, you manage energy, you manage resources, but you really lead people. Um, even using that language of senior level leaders, mid-level leaders, entry-level leaders, that connotation is actually that each person is a leader and they really are. And so <clears throat> being able to meet the whole organization up and down the entire chain of command is really imperative because we're we're moving past just the statement or saying things to actually aligning mindset. And what we find is that it increases the likelihood of senior level leaders following through on menial tasks, on simple things, because they know mid-level and entry-level leaders are watching them. And so it actually becomes very helpful. There's this built-in ownership, if you will, and then mid-level leaders and entry-level leaders, we're meeting them where they're at. So each of these courses has slightly different levels of complexity, if you will. But what is the same is that we're getting the, the reps and we're getting the mindset in. And so there's a mental mind shift throughout the organization of we're overhauling the, the whole company, the whole organization. And, and the beauty is an organization is just the byproduct in this case of nearly 200 team members. So an organization can sound like this big conglomerate when the reality is it's just a composition of 200 different individuals that make up this organization. So it allows them to move with unity and in stride together. Now it doesn't, I, I like what Mel said earlier, Melanie was really right that we're not perfect by any means, but there is that progress because we're focused on the process. And when you have that process implemented up middle and down the chain, it allows us an increased likelihood of everybody being able to buy in and see what we see in the process. One of the funnest things in uh, when I go into organizations like this and they go, well, my leadership team or the leadership team, and I have no idea who they're talking about because they could be talking about three different teams. Like, I love that. I'm like, exactly which leadership team are we talking about? And I, I know that we have made a dent when uh, we're confused when they say the leadership team. I love that. So Melanie, I'm interested. Um, let's just say that someone's listening. They go, well, 
I don't have leadership development in my company, but what should I do? Like my, my company needs to increase in its emotional intelligence. I read that somewhere, or that's what our last four people that left our organization said, where would you take a brand new uh, team or a, a brand new person? What would you tell them? Yeah. So, you know, when we do leadership development, I think that we have a little bit of a unique angle because we start with the foundation of self-awareness, using assessments, really looking at who are you and how do other people perceive you and really get that that really clear picture of who we are and how we're different from others. And I found that this foundation really opens people up to hear the rest of the content, to really embrace the emotional intelligence and, um, you know, how to work effectively as a team. I like to do the debrief at the beginning and really talk through who they are one-on-one. And that way, once we get to class, they they know me. Um, I can call on them when something is relevant or I can use examples from the team. And I found that building in checkpoints, whether it be every couple of weeks throughout the program, to just have those one-on-one phone calls to check in and say, how are you doing? How's it going? What are you struggling with? What's going well? How are you using these things? Um, it can be really helpful as well to find out where are our gaps? How do we help these people as individuals? Because you know, I get really invested in a team when I go in. I want to see every single one of them succeed. And so when we can give that personalized advice or personalized um, growth plan or progress or whatever that looks like, they can be successful a lot faster because they're an individual versus just one of a group. And so it also helps me to know maybe there are gaps across the entire team that I didn't see in the in the labs because Our labs are not the typical like cookie cutter type programs. We go into a team, we get to know them, we figure out where their struggles are, what their barriers are, and then we build something specific to them. Having development where there's a group component and an individual component is so powerful because then people are a lot more invested in what they're doing. Yeah, I like it because they have that peers, so they're learning from each other. I mean, some of the most powerful learning I've ever done is when someone will say, ask a question that I didn't even know I had in within my soul. And they ask, I'm like, oh my gosh. And that can be the life changing part of it. And, and yet we combine that with that one-on-one. And um, I just think it's a great formula. And, and Alan, I just think it's interesting how uh, when you're going and taking a team through these lead labs, like, do you see that 90 days? What is your uh, formula or where do you start with your entrepreneurial adventure with the new team? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you you nailed it. Um, and that that's actually in alignment with what Melanie just shared as well as that the expression and the flow of it is going to be case by case basis. Initially, in fact, actually, Shondell, when you and I started this back in 2016 or 17, they were 90 day labs, 12 weeks total. We had six learning sessions uh, paired with six individualized executive coaching or or performance coaching. What we've really found in the last 36 months or so is that we've we've been able to tailor this even more to the organization. The whole idea, what we're getting here is the, the implementation and the execution is less important as uh, compared to what is paramount is the learning is bite-sized chunk so I can hear and I can implement in my own life. Melanie already said this, you know, you all talked about this on previous podcasts, the leader goes first. Your organization at the end of the day 
is a reflection of senior leadership. And I know that is a painful statement if we're really honest and we pull the thread on this. And that doesn't matter if we're talking about uh, Melanie's work with uh, the, the military group, or we're talking about my work with the manufacturing group, or Shondell, your work with uh, medical and the, the hospital you're working with right now. At the end of the day, leadership is reflected throughout the organization. And so it really, we got to crack that code of what is going to be the right content paired to the participants so that they can have it sink into their soul, that it gets absorbed like a sponge would absorb liquid so that they can then go and live it. And what we don't do organizationally is we don't do training or lead labs because someone needs some quality control check from HR or because they're trying to reach some quota. We don't do that. We're working with organizations that actually want to further and better their team because they know if they care for their people, the organization will have that reflected in six months, 12 months, 18 months, 24 months. We're not saying that it's instantaneous so much as we're caring for the person and we're dialing in the right content implementation for the participants and what their industry is and based on heavy season or slow season or all those different components, but it really is tailor fitted to the organization. I love it. Okay. So that's what we do. Let's talk. This will be fun. Let's just uh, do some popcorning around. I love this piece of what are the main issues that we are seeing right now? If we could just educate our listeners, what are the the leadership issues that we are seeing out there? Melanie, do you want to go first? I vote yeah. Melanie goes first. She knows. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I think one thing that I've been seeing a lot is poor communication based off of different communication styles and not quite knowing how to adapt to each other, Um, which Alan and I actually just recently talked about how we overcame our own challenges. When leaders are communicating with other people and they don't understand their own style and they don't understand the other person's style, that can lead to a lot of conflict where we're actually just arguing because we don't communicate right, not because we're not agreeing. And I've seen that a lot lately where maybe people don't necessarily have as much patience to slow down and to really say, I'm going to meet you where you are um, and really adapt my communication and really be what you need in this moment. I'm going to build on that because that, that is the expression that we see. I think the other side of that same coin is another trend I'm seeing is people are still burnt out or exhausted. They, they don't feel like they've gotten past that fatigue and as leaders, we have to, and this sounds so rudimentary and practically speaking, we have got to get back to the basics as leaders. We've got to be checking in. Hey team, are you sleeping? Are you getting enough hydration? Are you eating properly? And I think there's some, some simple things that are so simple. We overlook them. And therefore when I'm exhausted at work, well, no wonder I don't talk well to my colleague, Melanie or Shondell because I don't have any energy to adapt my style to speak to that. So I think that's the second trend that I'm seeing is there's still significant fatigue. Yeah. And I I would see the same thing. So first of all, I want to tell our listeners, if they haven't listened to the podcast uh, from Melanie and Alan a couple of weeks ago, uh, you need to go back a few weeks and check it out because it is worth investment of listening. I was going to say the same thing about fatigue and I was going to talk about personal accountability. I am seeing that people are so exhausted, tired, that it's just easier to blame. It's easier to find someone else to do it. 
It's yeah. e- and they don't mean to. I mean, the, these people usually sure. wouldn't do that. They're not following through. Their emails are being backed up. I mean, so I would say that personal accountability is another area that I'm seeing when it's when you get tired, it's really hard to hold yourself to those standards. Melanie, what's another mm-hmm. one? Kind of in that same vein is that we don't have enough time to do all the things that we need to do. And so then we end up leaning on that excuse. You know, that's my go-to excuse that I actually have a sticky note on my desk that says, you make time for the things that are important to you because it's so easy to say, I don't have time. But instead of really going back to that personal accountability, you know, when we can prioritize and we can figure out what do I really want to prioritize in, then we can start moving forward. But I've heard that a lot of like, I just don't have time to do it all. And here's what we're going to do as good leadership coaches. We're going to say, so admittedly, if you have an Android phone, I don't know what to do for you. But (laughs) if you have an iPhone, you pull it out and you go to settings and you scroll down to the little uh, hourglass that says screen time and you check yourself and you say, oh, I've spent three hours and 17 minutes on Facebook. And and then we we start to look at ourselves in the mirror and we say, oh, I spent two hours on social media or I spent three hours watching things. And I think we, we get really honest with ourselves to say, we're not highlighting, don't let your hair down or, or don't let loose a little bit. But what we're not saying is three hours on social media. Okay. You do have time. We just need to reprioritize time. And so I know that is intense and harsh and all those things and good. We, we, we've got to hear that because there's, we've got to do something as leaders to jumpstart getting out of this rut. And I think the organizations that can jumpstart getting out of this rut will get their people healed or whole quicker, or at least having that clarity of what they need to do. Because I think Shondell also said it really well earlier. What we're not saying is the majority of people don't have good intentions. They, they, I know they do. I love that quote from Dr. Daniel Halleck, one of our competitors slash friends over at Wild Leaders, who says most people have good intentions, but they're not intentional. This right. is a time for intentionality. And if not us, who? So I, I think that's the, that's the, firm part of me coming out and saying, look, I know it feels like you don't have time, but the reality is we all share the same 168 hours in the week. We all share the same 1,440 minutes in the day. And maybe, maybe the majority of our listeners need to go and look at what they're sleeping and saying, I'm going to prioritize not five hours of sleep at night because I'm trying to play catch up, which is counterintuitive. I know I'm going to prioritize eight hours of sleep and then that's going to make me that much sharper when yes. I get into the office so that you can speak what you intend someone to hear. And you're doing that because you're prioritizing the things you can control, like sleep, mm-hmm. like hydration, mm-hmm. like healthy food, et cetera. Mm-hmm. So good. So we're <laughs> going to do this again. We are going to just get on the podcast, the three of us, and we're just going to throw out advice because that a few moments was awesome and powerful. And, um, I just want to thank you both for just being the best, just the best of the best. I'm just so grateful to be in partnership with all of you. So as we lay on this plane, what is one thing that you really want our listeners to walk away with? Because we've talked about a lot of stuff. What's the one thing? All right, Alan, I'll go for you. And then I'll go over to Melanie. We've got to make it quick because this plane is at 5,000 feet. I'm going to reiterate something that was stated earlier, but it's, it's from our friend, Leif Babin. It's not what you preach. It's what you tolerate. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. good. Melanie. 
Mine is invest in yourself and your own development and really look inward to say, where are my opportunities for growth? And then lean into that. That's so great. And I'm just going to double down on what we talked about is that we need to take care of ourselves. We got to put that oxygen mask on ourselves as leaders and um, don't make excuses. Get rested. Yes. All right, y'all. Well, we, uh, again, at Shondell Group are just so grateful that we get to serve you. Um, You can find us at shondellgroup.com. And as always, please subscribe. We're over on YouTube now, or if you're listening, uh, go check us out. And again, we want to say, be the best you can be today. And we'll see you next week. 